everybody, and welcome to Cancel Too Soon, an all-new podcast from the creators of the B-Movies podcast, uh, in which we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and What the Flick, and Coming Soon, and Blumhouse, and all sorts of different places. Uh, and with me is... I am Whitney Seibold, uh, also of the B-Movies podcast, and this is our new project. We're, we're going to branch out into... Uh, Classic TV, retro TV, television, and so, yeah. but we, not we, not new television. Our our show, the B Movies Podcast, has been going for over three hundred episodes, and it's been mostly focused on film, a little bit of television here or there, um, where we do uh, movie news, reviews, mm. interviews with all kinds of different wonderful people, uh, ranging from and God, who have we had on that show? We've had like Andy Tartakovsky, who you might know had, from TV. Um, we had Greg Proops on our show. We once. did have Greg that Proops on our show. Fantastic. That was a weird one. Uh, we've had. <laughs> Which it, I, I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew Greg Proops, so we got him on the show. Yeah, what the well, heck? We've had literally dozens of guests uh, from filmmakers, directors, actors, uh, and uh, we wanted to do something a little bit more specific. And so we and came up with explain. Well, explain the origin story. This is the result yeah. of a bet. Uh, every year for the Academy Awards, we have a bet. Usually, the loser has to do something embarrassing. Uh, this year, the winner got to do something fun. The winner was to introduce a new segment onto the show, and that kind of got a little too big for its britches. And now it's a whole new podcast. Yes, uh, uh, ba- based on an idea I had for Nerdist way back in the day. When he used to write for Nerdist, and one of his ideas for a column that they did not take uh-huh. uh, was basically this: he was going to watch a season of a show. Or one episode of a show if it only lasted one episode, mm-hmm. and determine if it was canceled too soon. And we really liked the idea, and it always kind of stuck around with us. And we sort of toyed with the idea of doing this podcast for a long time. And then finally, I won this Oscar bet, and I'm like, screw it, let's light a fire under our ass and really do this. Mm-hmm. So if you have ideas for other shows you would like to see us do on Cancel Too Soon, again, the only rule is one season or less. If it lasted one episode more than one season, it had its shot. So Firefly had a movie. Doesn't count. Right. But... Uh, if it was canceled partway through its second season. Also doesn't count. Doesn't count. Also doesn't count. So, uh, but we are going to start off with a one-episode wonder. Keep it, Yeah, keep in mind yeah. that there's no shortage of material. Oh, yeah. Of, and every season, there's going to be new shows that get canceled and we can do new ones. So we're yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. to be balancing off really weird stuff from like decades ago with new stuff that you probably saw, maybe even liked and just didn't get picked up. Mm. So the first episode, we're going to do a one-episode wonder because we're trying to figure out exactly how this show works. Oh. Uh, and we're going to walk you through the episode of this show. Uh, we are going to review the episode, talk about some of the unanswered questions that we have, mm. and we're also going to do a sort of impromptu writer's room as we try to figure out where the show would have gone and what episodes we would have liked to have seen. Uh, especially with a film that, on, uh, film, a TV show that on, was only ever a pilot, yeah. like the show we're going to be covering today, which is... Puchinski. Puchinski. Puchinski, which aired uh, in... July, July, 9th, July 9th, 1990 on NBC. Uh, they made one pilot, and this was the only episode that ever aired. Uh, Puchinski is often hailed as one of the strangest ideas for a TV show ever. Which and really, it's, it's not. It's bad, but it's not... It's, it's not, like, inconceivable. But it feels like a segment on a sketch comedy show, yes. doesn't it? This it feels uh, like a Saturday Night Live sketch that got way out of hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the premise of the show is uh, Peter Boyle plays a character named Stanley Puchinski. He's a, a Chicago cop, kind of an old guy. Mm-hmm. He, in, the, in the opening scene of the show, he threatens children with a gun. In all fairness, uh, the children were beating the tar out of a bulldog. They were beating up like, a bulldog. Four, three and, or and four had kids a, were just had cornered a bulldog and were, like, kicking him in an alleyway. And Puchinski, who is this working? 
everyday schlub. He talked about how he like he smells and he farts mm. and he's a womanizer. And I'm just like, you look take one look at Peter Boyle. I'm like, well, yeah, that'd work. And he like <laughs> takes his hot dog. He's like, like, hey, what are you kids doing? It's either him or M. Emmett Walsh. You know, it's that. That's all. Those are your only choices. <laughs> he like saunters into this alleyway, mm. and the kids are all like, we're beating the tar out of this dog. What are you gonna do about it, old man? And he's like, well, I am a really forgetful old man. I forgot whether this gun is loaded. And he starts waving a gun at children. You know and what? 1990, it was a different time. Very different time. Uh, now, uh, And they run away, and it turns out the bulldog is this adorable little mutt that mm. only Puchinski loves, and he starts taking it with him in his squad car. There's a lot of talk about how much the dog smells. Yes. Uh, and the premise of this series, that was never a series, <laughs> reveals itself when uh, they're chasing after a bad guy. Uh, Stanley Puchinski is hit by a car, and at Stanley Puchinski's funeral, his partner who is played by George uh, Newburn George Newburn who you may recall from the father of the bride movies he was uh, he was the groom and he father was also the, the voice movies. of superman on a lot of the animated tv shows and movies uh, just sort of bland blandy mchandson he's actually yeah. not a very interesting character no he's not but uh he's the straight man at at puchinski's funeral he is approached by puchinski's dog it starts talking in puchinski's voice and uh, it's, it turns out there was some sort of like wire cross on the way to the the afterlife, and he was sort of reshunted back into the body of the dog. Okay, this makes no sense whatsoever. And here's mm-hmm. the thing that really frustrates me about this show. Okay, strike that. <laughs> here's one the of the thing, things that really okay. frustrates me about this show. Uh-huh. He Puchinski, who is by the way, is this monster marionette puppet. Uh-huh. Sometimes he's a real dog. Most of the time, it's, it's a puppet. He's, yeah. he's a puppet out of like Five Nights at Freddy's. Like he's a really terrifying puppet. It's a scary, scary cross-eyed uh, yeah. English bulldog that he, is is you know for a, a show like this surprisingly articulate, more yeah. more convincing than the cat in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, uh, but he's just he's so big and his uh, eyes are so big and white and expressionless that he comes across this is from uh the same producer as the child's play movies. And it just feels like I know animatronics guys are trying to get him work. Like uh, I just yeah, they can make so, a bulldog super easy. So in in long shots uh Stanley Puchinski now an English bulldog is a real dog. And yes. in close-ups it's this creepy puppet thing. In any case, uh he describes the experience of dying. As uh, I saw a white light, and then I had my family was there, and they were saying, "Here, boy, here, boy," and then I woke up as a dog. So, so the, how does I think the, what happened? What's the, what's the idea? The, the implication is the the instant Stanley Puchinski, the human, died. Uh, the dog was also killed. But he wasn't, though. And the dog was sitting right next to him. Stanley Puchinski died the, the saving dog, the dog. The dog incidentally had a heart attack and died at that <laughs> same moment. And since they were being called into their respective afterlives at the same time, maybe, like, the two tunnels, like, brushed okay. up against each other? I, I want to see. I want to uh, see a television series that's just Peter Boyle stuck in dog heaven. But that still doesn't make sense. Why would well, he go back into the dog's the, body? The dog is now in human heaven, and he's in the dog's body. But the dog didn't die. Like, I want to see, like, who was it in heaven? Was it like James Mason and, like, Heaven Can Wait? I want to see James Mason just like, well, we screwed this one up. We really screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> screwed, we're, screwed the Puchinski. We're going to, we're, we're, Puchinski, you get to the body you want. Well, I right. really like that dog. You want a human body? That would make a lot more sense. Uh, no, so we want the dog. The premise of the show is that Puchinski, now a dog, is going to help his partner. So, like, he, his partner now becomes 
part of the canine unit, so they're partners yeah. again, even yeah. though he's a dog. And they're going to solve crimes together. Fine. Also, Puchinski is going to offer like folksy homespun relationship, relationship advice. advice as he tries to put the moves on a sexy widower played by Amy Asbeck. He, meaning uh, George Newbern, George Newbern's character. Detective McKay. Yeah. D- Detective McKay. Boy, I feel bad for George Newbern on the show because the majority of his of his stuff on the show mm. is like Puchinski. Like yeah. shaking his fist and like you were loud and obnoxious when you were a human, but as a dog you're intolerable. Oh, and and the odd thing is, Puchinski in the body of a dog now has like dog urges. Yeah. So now he has to like pee on people's legs and tear apart slippers. He and, talks about like, but he, he's but he, he still speaks out loud. Now here's the question. Yeah. He only ever speaks out loud to George Newbern. Can other people hear him? Yes, because you're forgetting there's a scene in an elevator. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where George Newbern gets so fed up with Puchinski, and who wouldn't? He's Puchinski! <laughs> uh, he kicks him out and uh, says, you're on your own. You're a dog. Mm-hmm. And Puchinski is just like, well, I'll come up with some sort of backup plan. And he goes into the elevator at George Newbern's apartment, and there's a guy who's reading a newspaper who's not looking around. And Puchinski just says, fifth floor, please! <laughs> And the guy hits the fifth floor, and oh. Puchinski just walks out. So he, he heard him. Okay. He heard him. Puchinski can be heard, which raises a lot of questions about, like, can can how many people are going to find out about this over the course of this non-existent yeah, series? Yeah, yeah. Who else is going to be let in? Because um, there's a supporting cast. What what I, There's a supporting cast. Uh, one of yeah. the uh, – I like the guy who plays the, the mean uh, chief, chief inspector. Um, uh Shriver, Detective Shriver, the blonde guy? No, no, the black guy. Okay, so there's two guys. One of them is Detective Shriver, who is played by uh, the same actor. It's Brian Haley, who would go on to co-star in Wings with Amy Yazbeck, who plays the widow uh, Franny that George Newbern is trying to seduce, which is weird. To be fair, John Ritter... Yeah. Uh, the comedian and actor was one of the executive producers on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he became attached. I can't tell you that, but that does explain Amy Yazbek's presence. How does that explain Yazbek? Because they were a couple. Okay, <laughs> not everyone knows that. All I right. want to make sure that was clear. Uh, the other person, and this is this one's kind of fun. The captain who mm-hmm. is in his, in his big office in the middle of the police station and gets to yell uh, is played by Frank McRae, mm-hmm. who also played the angry yelly captain in Last Action Hero. Yes. And one of the great jokes in Last Action Hero, which doesn't really get lampshaded enough, I feel like people don't people often miss it, uh. is that every pair of partners in the cops in the police station is a mismatched, is a mismatched couple, couple. Yeah. and one of them is like a, a sexy woman and a cartoon cat <laughs> so like this is actually like this might take place in last action hero universe it's which actually make, make a lot well, of sense and uh, I, I think that was sort of the intent that Puchinski was going to be a talking dog and people were just going to kind of accept it like he was going to walk in hey Puchinski oh well now you're a dog huh well you're off the case. You know, it's... It, yeah. But and yet gonna, we have just going to kind of keep it, take it completely in stride. Which would have actually been really, really funny. Mm. It actually could have been really, really funny if everyone was just sort of down with this and no one talked about it. But instead, we have to have these scenes where Puchinski, after he's locked out of George Newbern's apartment, goes up to Amy Yazbeck's apartment, brings her down so she can go have sex with George Newbern while her daughter is there? What's your plan, Puchinski? And they go off Puchinski's cooking. into that. We They go off cooking. George... Mm. Puchinski has not revealed that he's a talking dog to them, which is a shame because really that'll get them really invested. <laughs> and uh, so George Newbern is off trying to like make dinner with them while Puchinski is turning on the radio, playing sexy music. 
Mm-hmm. George Newburn locks him in the bedroom, starts disciplining him with a gun, and Amy Asbeck says, what are you doing? Training the dog as he brandishes his pistol. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go back and continue making dinner for you, you sexy man who I do not question in any regard. He's threatening to shoot his dog. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's like He-Man. You're like, a few pe- few core people know his secret, and the rest of the world is going to be kept mum. But we don't understand the rules of it, because as you said, he has dog urges. Yeah. For example, there's a siren that he hears outside, and he feels the need to howl. Mm. And he, George Newman says, why did you do that? And he's like, I don't know, I have these urges. Uh-huh. I can't stop myself. <laughs> and yet, he's still attracted to human females, and in fact, there's this implied that he was, if not actually having sex with a police officer, oh, he, was certainly rubbing him, her, he was yeah. certainly rubbing himself on her, yeah, yeah. like getting his schnauzer schnoz into her boobs, which is... Very inappropriate, I feel, uh, in a workplace environment, dog or no dog. What I like to what I like to picture is any of the scenes with the dog. I just close my eyes and picture Peter Boyle doing those same things, like peeing on guys' legs and just like <laughs> sort of like diving for women's chests. <laughs> just about that, that, that would be pretty funny. There's uh, a there's an interesting. Uh, um, uh-huh. No, I'm sorry. You know what there really isn't. It's a really no, there's, there's, not a whole, there's, there's not a stu- and and here here's of course the death of it is that it's not really funny. Um, oh, it's terrible. It, it's, it's not terrible. funny at all. The, the, the gags aren't funny. The, the, the gags really fall flat. I don't. I watched the show the, twice uh-huh. because there's only one episode. I there's, might as well get a good one. There's one look episode. It. It's on YouTube and it's only a half hour episode, which yeah. without commercials is like 22 minutes. Yeah, uh, and man, not a single joke n- lands. Nothing lands. There's no. I think if, the entire premise. You know, this was 1990, and uh, there was a lot of weird stuff coming out at that time. And uh, I think the joke that Puchinski is even being made is kind of like the punchline itself. Yeah, the, and maybe it was even possible that all of these bad jokes were written to be bad because the premise is so weird and arch. That it's sort of like that's my bush. We're just going to treat it like the most conventional of all sitcoms, but just with this no, really bonkers. There's premise. no self awareness. I was about to say, the, other than the artificiality of I the can, concept, I can only posit that this might be might have been an approach because there actually is no self awareness and there's no actual writing to that effect. Um, so it's not a surprise that the show didn't get picked up. But it's what's, what's, I just want to say, like I feel like the real the weird thing about this show. Mm is that the thing that's keeping it from being more watchable, more good, uh-huh. is that it's short. <laughs> it's really, really weird. This feels like, you know what this feels like? This feels like a, a halfway decent Disney comedy that got cut down to a 22-minute pilot. Like, because everything about it is super duper rushed mm. in every way. We introduced Puchinski and George. 22-minute 20, pilot. That's well, all no, you got. But still, yeah. because they're giving us the origin. They could have totally skipped the origin of this and just showed us George Newbern and talking Peter Doyle dog. Yeah. And we would have been fine. We wouldn't have questioned it. <laughs> it would have been odd, but we would have been, okay, cool. I guess this just makes sense. Well, Instead, un- they have to rush- the, the, the pilot needs to lay out the premise of the show for the audience. It so, does, but they yeah, chose to lay it out in such a way that it really needed more room to explain itself. We needed to introduce the characters a little bit better. Everything's really perfunctory. George Newbern says basically, oh, Puchinski, you're... I don't like you. And Puchinski says like, ah, I'm gonna go get a hot dog and a dog. And he goes get a hot dog and a dog. And then they... In a, they got a stakeout and then it takes like half the episode for Puchinski to turn into a dog in the first place. Which right. is an odd way... You know that's not how every episode's gonna be structured, so you don't know what the show mm. is gonna be like. So... It takes another several season, scenes for George Newbern to accept that Buczynski has been turned into a dog, mm. which is a sentence I just said. And <laughs> then what they have to shoehorn in 
the sitcom element as quickly as they can. The whole mm. rushing around, people can't know that you know Puchinski's right. actually a person. Well, it feels like uh, the Lovematic Grandpa episode from The Simpsons. You know, like where it was just like real, well, we, real we, short. We had already said that this feels like a. a a spoof yeah. from another show. But, I, I think but, what we what we get from this pilot is uh-huh. what we should get from any pilot. We get uh, an introduction to the characters. We get an explanation as to why things are the way they are. Uh-huh. And at the end of the episode, we're left with the premise. Yeah, this is what the premise is going to be. We can't have the premise in the pilot because we're too busy setting up what it's going to be. So, so the second episode so is the, the real sec- pilot. The second episode is often called the first episode of the show. Yeah. So in the first episode of the show, Puchinsky's a dog. He's as a human partner. They solve crimes. That's the premise of the show. And exactly. We're good. But this one's really, really awkward because it's trying to be everything. It's trying to give you all of the plot. It has to resolve it, by the way, because there's this whole thing about there's a guy who killed a cop. Mm. There are five people at his funeral. You'd think they would have at least forced some of the guys who had a day off that day to show up at Puchinsky's <laughs> funeral. I know he's not the most popular cop, but still, uh, you know, you're supposed to make a big deal out of that. And then they resolve it by like, because the idea is that he was killed by like an ATM mugger. Like there's a guy who's been robbing people at an ATM. Hmm. Uh, and so what they do is they decide to stake out one ATM in, in New York City for a week. It's Chicago. I'm sorry, Chicago. Yeah. For a whole week. And I realize it's 1991. There were more than one ATM in Chicago at the time. <laughs> So they just take a chance and they wait and a week and then uh, Peter Boyle bites the guy on the penis and Peter Boyle's like, I didn't enjoy that. (laughs) But there's a thing where, again, the other thing that they try to rush into this episode and the thing that really, actually, strike that, there was actually one moment in the show that did make me laugh and it's the moment that wasn't. Uh It's the pathos. The pathos? Because there's a part where... um, Puchinski has just blown up George Newbern's bed. Uh-huh. Like, feathers everywhere. George Newbern's upset. And then George Newbern, like, Puchinski somehow locks himself in the bathroom. Never oh. mind how. Oh, right, this scene. Okay. And then uh-huh. George Newbern finally apologizes and says, hey, listen, this is weird for me. You know, you're, you're my partner. You died. You came back. You're a dog. I never even had a dog. And then <laughs> the door opens, which is weird because Puchinski is sitting on a counter far away. So there's no way he could have opened it. But then George Newbern comes in and Puchinski he's, he's looking is, he's looking down at his paws. Looking down at his paws and looking meaningfully at a mirror and he says, Look at me. I'm a dog. I'm a dog. It's all sinking in now. Yeah. And yeah. poor Peter Boyle is trying to make that work. <laughs> well, you know what? He's that's, trying to sell it. That that that's the drama of the character. He's he's It's a tragedy, he, the inherent tragedy he's, of Puchinski. He's still alive, but now he's a dog, and that's perhaps a little bit upsetting. So I'm glad that the show like at least had the wherewithal to address that. Yeah. Even though it was in this completely mawkish melodramatic scene, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous because it's a freaking dog. Because um, I still don't understand that they're so hazy about how he became a dog in the first place, and I have to imagine that's where we go in future episodes. So I guess Here's my thing. Where do you think it goes from here? Okay. Well, if, if had the show continued, I guess this is this is a segment of the show. Bear in mind, uh, I found out this the, the Stargate SG One universe, or maybe one of the alternate universes that they made on that show. Puchinski lasted a hundred episodes. They, they made there was, reference to that. Apparently, there was a reference to Puchinski in Stargate SG One, wow. but it lasted a hundred episodes right. and at least one alternate reality. Well, so, so there's a lot of material to work with. So, so we'd like to like go into the the writers' room and sort of pitch a few episode ideas to our listeners. Just. Just sort well, of as a fun creative and exercise. And we're going to banter uh, back and forth, and we're going to like try to come up with where the show would go. Like if there, yeah. someone said we had this pilot, boy, was it a mistake? What do we do? Here's what we'd do. Okay, Whitney, what would you do? Uh, well, uh, let's see. P- Puchinski needs a rival of some sort. Interesting. Uh, Puchinski, you know, he's a cop. 
Uh, wouldn't it be more interesting? Well, if they you have had... Detective Shriver, but he's a human. You mean a dog rival? Uh, no, I, I mean he needs a criminal rival. Oh, I think arch he nemesis. Needs, I think he needs like an arch nemesis. Well, so... he, they clarify that Puchinski caught uh, the Hillside Strangler. Yeah, the, hillside, the, North, the North Hill Strangler or something like that. It, it, it wasn't and the a post office strangler, bomber. But yeah, it, it the was North Hill Strangler the North Hill and the strangler. post office bomber. So he's he's gone after some pretty bad cats, right? Why not have a bad cat? They turn into Puch- a cat? Puchinski ha- has caught, a, a, as a human, caught a human rival. And he was sent to the electric chair, but he always maintained his innocence. He's dead. But somehow he has now come back as a cat. I like it. So now Puchinski has to do battle with this ostensibly dead criminal who is now a cat. Now, does the de- now here's uh, my question. Does the cat have a human lackey, or is the cat entirely insidious and on its own? The cat has other cats. So, here's he's, my question. He's figured out... Yeah. See, this, this, this master criminal is much smarter than Puchinski, and uh-huh. has figured out sort of the rules of this universe a little bit better. Mm. So he has found a place where he can live comfortably, preferably in the sewers or in an abandoned building. The usual supervillain lair where he has all of the the alley cats the really mean gnarly ones have started started to gather and he's able to control them he can't really like he can't talk to them like he gives them orders in english but they sort of influence them he kind of influence them so now he can get them to do his bidding i like and he can continue his reign of terror whether or not he was innocent before now he's turning into this bad person and how do you prosecute a cat so he can get away with everything (laughs) How do you prosecute a cat is something George Nurburn has to say <laughs> at some point in the show. How do you prosecute a cat? You know, it's interesting. You, re- you ring up an interesting question because oh. the idea is um, – because Puchinski can speak human. Yes. He barks, but we don't know if he can talk to other dogs yet. That's mm. something that we haven't really established. We know that he has other dog inclinations. So I came up with an episode that I call Men or Dogs. Okay. Uh, in <laughs> so which Puchinski – Here's my two-sentence uh. taglines for all of these. Uh. The tagline is, Puchinski is confused by his new sexual attraction to animals. Meanwhile, Detective McKay investigates a counterfeit wallet conspiracy. <laughs> Sounds good. It's all about the meanwhile. Uh, there's always going to be like something that's really on point, mm. and a meanwhile that's kind of weird because it's yeah, an odd there's, sitcom. There's going to be the, the something, plot, something yeah. involving the, the supporting cast that we've established. So Puchinski, who is clearly still attracted to female women, mm. also is a dog. Will his dog urges start getting in the way of his sort of his sanity, his identity of himself as a mm. human? I want to explore how Puchinski is going to stay, sort of deal with being human, yeah. staying human, but also being a dog and will he one day have to decide is it kind of like child's play where the longer he is a dog the more dog-like he becomes given that david kirshner is involved yes okay good good what tell me another episode you got uh uh puchinski he's a dog people don't suspect that a dog is a cop of course so although he is a cop dog by the end of the pilot uh, he's a cop dog at the end the end of the pilot but you know he he can do more than just an ordinary dog could so uh a Rather rich uh, sociolite is suspe- is suspected of embezzling, maybe even committing a murder. Mm-hmm. And the only way to find this out is to infiltrate his house. Uh, luckily, it turns out that this very rich man is also into show dogs. And Puchinski mm. has to groom himself and preen himself and go undercover as a show dog. Now, since Puchinski himself is kind of a slob, we're going to get this slobs versus snobs mentality in that story. We need to have he's a montage have where Puchinski gets a makeover. He gets and a makeover. And Franny gets a makeover. Or he's dressed in a tutu and he really resents it. Oh, and, yeah. and eventually he has to get the dirt on this guy through posing as his show dog, meanwhile dealing with the embarrassing, embarrassing deal of being essentially a, a sh- like a Broadway baby. I like it. 
yeah, this this evil criminal becomes sort of like his show mom. I like how you're really focusing on plot, and I'm really focusing on character. Because in my <laughs> in my oh. uh, uh, next episode, entitled "Over My Dead Poochie," uh-huh. uh, Puchinski watches in horror as his grieving ex girlfriend Claire tries to seduce Detective McKay. Meanwhile, Detective Shriver talks a suicidal man off a ledge <laughs> because he talks about Puchinski. You know, talks any, about anything's possible in this world. One of my coworkers is a dog. Yeah, basically, like. Puchinski talks about how he met a girl on Vice, implying that he probably is dating a prostitute. Uh-huh. So, but he also talks about how, like, we used to go on long walks and arm wrestle, and now I'm a dog. Mm-hmm. So, so you are, Puchinski. So I kind of want to meet this character. Her name was Claire. Mm-hmm. And I want him to, like, try to reconnect with her after he realizes at the end of the previous episode uh, that he does still want to bone humans. Um, he wants to reconnect with Claire, and he thinks it's time to finally meet her. But then Claire immediately takes a shine to mm-hmm. George Newbern, who's an attractive young man. Okay. And George Newbern, who is recent, who is always you know in conflict with Buczynski, is kind of enjoying like this little moment. And the question is, <laughs> how far will he take it? Uh-huh. You know, Poochies before Hoochies. Is that the title? Wow. Yeah, that's actually a better one, actually. That's pretty good. I like that. I like that a lot. And meanwhile, Detective Shriver tries to talk a suicide person off a ledge. It all it all it all comes together somehow at the end. I haven't (laughs) I haven't completely worked out the structure yet. What do you got? I got a third episode. This is my third final episode. Mm. Uh, I got three more. (laughs) Oh god. How about just one more? No, I I'll make them quick. I'll make them quick. Uh, now since it hasn't been established that everyone like People can hear Puchitsuki speak, but he's not speaking to a lot of people. So he's kind of trying to remain a little incognito. Uh Uh-huh. So what happens when Puchinski runs afoul of a dog catcher who is a little bit insane and thinks most animals talk anyway? Oh, that's actually similar to an idea I know. Okay, so he is actually kidnapped by a mad dog catcher who keeps him in prison and goes to him for advice. Meanwhile, Puchinski has to sort of convince him to set him free. Whereas this half-mad dog catcher, you know, who's hearing all of the animals talk, is hearing uh-huh. Puchinski talk, it's completely normal to this guy. yeah. And eventually he has to sort of outwit this madman. Okay, I literally had written down here, and you oh. can you can say it. You can see it. It's mm-hmm. called the episode's called Summer of Schnauzer. Oh. It's Detective Puchinski is dognapped and uses his ability to drive the culprit into madness. <laughs> Meanwhile, Captain Martin has locked his keys inside his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically the same idea. Kind, kind of a thing. The idea that some guy who's crazy enough to think dogs would talk to him encounters mm. an actual talking dog. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Right. Um, my next idea was. Um, Married to the mutt. Oh, uh, Detective McKay uncovers new evidence that Franny's husband, if you recall, she's a widow. Uh-huh. Detective McKay uncovers new evidence that Franny's husband is alive and is now a drug lord. Meanwhile, Puchinski relearns how to use a toilet. <laughs> but this is the idea for me. This is kind of my coupe de grace. Uh-huh. This is the one where... Now, if we're, if we're accepting Stargate rules, where every one of these uh, fake shows lasted 100 episodes, uh-huh. which I think should be a rule... <laughs> okay. Our fantasies, the last 100 episodes, you can go that far. Okay. Uh, that means Puchinski lasted at least three or four seasons, hmm. which means it would have been on concurrently with Due South. So, oh, no. in the crossover episode There Boy, Puchinski <laughs> and Diefenbaker from Due South participate in an officer exchange program. I love that was that was your go-to was Due South. <laughs> What other dog shows are there that, from the nineties? There, there aren't a whole lot of dog shows. Do South is another cop show with an awesome dog. Except Do South. Okay, I actually love to Do South. Wow. I haven't watched it since it was on. Do South 
Do people still remember Due South? No, it's not referred to ever anymore. Due South was the first person to bring it up since 1994. Due South was actually a surprisingly long-running show about a Canadian Mountie who comes to, I think it actually is Chicago, to or New York, Mm. to basically be a cop in America for a little while. And he brings his, like, half-wolf dog with him. And it's, he always wears his awesome Mountie outfit, mm. and it's always about how, well, we do things the proper way in Canada. Also, our dog will bite you on your bottom. Oh. Don't know why he's British, but well, yeah. yeah so. Why's the Canadian man British? <laughs> it's an awesome show. I like Do South. All right. So there's going to be a Puchinski Do South crossover. Yes. Are they both NBC shows? I don't know, right. but I'm going to imagine that there was, it was, Puchinski was popular enough at the time to justify it. Okay. Um, who do you think they would cast in the Puchinski movie reboot that's coming out next year in this reality where Puchinski oh lasted and was popular? Um, Ryan Gosling plays the human cop. Okay. Um, I'm with you. Hmm. They wanted to get Bill Murray to play Puchinski, but they couldn't get him. Bill, Bill Murray didn't want to play Puchinski. Bill Murray tr- famously turned it down. So uh, they had to go down their long, long list of, of names. Nobody uh-huh. wanted to play the voice of the dog. Ray Liotta. I was going to say Gerard Butler. <laughs> yes! Gerard Butler. Ooh! As, as sort of a, you know, he's a grizzled, tough guy. He can do that sort of grizzled, tough guy voice. Yeah, I like it. So Gerard Butler plays the voice of Puchinski in the Puchinski like movie. Uh, and, and, and Ben Kingsley should play Sprinkles, the evil cat. Well, I, I think in, in the movie version, they're going to have to up the ante, you know, make it sort of high octane, drive everything mm. into overdrive. So there's going to be a scene where the entire police station is gassed by an evil, by, by Mr. Sprinkles. <laughs> Everybody dies, but luckily they're right next door to a pound. So they all so come the, back the as the final dogs. scene is they all come back as just various animals. So like the chief is now a flamingo and somebody's a tortoise and it's, you know, essentially becomes Zootopia for the climax. But only for this one police station. Only for that, yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So everybody sort of gets shunted into animals, but then they find ways. Like evidently, there's going to be some sort of psychic or magic widget that puts them back in their bodies at the end. So I like it. I'll give you sixty million animals. dollars. Okay. So the long. So the real question we have now. Uh huh. Puchinski, was it canceled, canceled too, too soon? soon? Puchinski couldn't be canceled <laughs> soon enough. Uh, <laughs> There's no way that... A, the premise is too weird. I don't think anybody ever really expected this. It seems like it was made on a dare, I think. Because it feels so much like a joke that I don't think anybody... Like, what would they have done if they said, yeah, you, you're picked up for series? Would everybody going to say, great, or, oh, crap, now we have to think of an actual series? I don't know. Small Wonder lasted five seasons. Uh, you can get was, weird shit little, out there. I suppose it was a little odd. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there was much... I, I think we've seen the depth and the breadth of the comic potential of Puchinski in the 20 minute pilot. There wasn't, there weren't unanswered questions that are really burning. There's not a lot of ripe comic material. There's not, we're, <laughs> we're not dealing with fertile ground here. <laughs> they have salted the, the land the, 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 on which Puchinski the, was made. They that that in, set on the NBC studios lot has never yielded again. The, 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 the premise <laughs> essentially just shaved it down to the bedrock. You know, there was nothing they could do beyond that. So Puchinski was not canceled too soon. Oh God. Makes Veronica's closet look like Veronica's mansion. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible one. Veronica I would actually Mars, argue, I'm going to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to qualify this. All right. I don't think Puchinski, I think Puchinski was canceled too soon, but I think it needed like 
a couple more episodes just so I could answer some of these yearning questions about what the heck were you going to do with Puchinski? I wanted the last, like, four episodes just so we can watch all four and, like, kind of, like, a feature-length presentation. Kind of get get an idea as to what the actual premise and tone of the show was going to be. baffling. And there's not a lot of material about this. I looked it up. There's not a lot of interviews. Like, no one's really grilled George Newbern about Puchinski that I can tell. Like, I think, well... The only references I could find to Puchinski were like on on like game shows, like at midnight. It's like, and do you believe this was real? Oh, there's a couple and of those like things like Uproxx had a thing where like it's like this like the, twenty the year old ten... thing is news now. Like, no, it's not. Well, or you know, like on lists of at the AV Club, like the ten weirdest sitcom ideas. Yeah. That's these are the only places you would ever hear of Puchinski. So I think the the cinema snob did an episode to... of, teque- of of focusing on Puchinski. Oh, maybe so. But yeah, it, he's been focusing on Tequila and Bonetti, a very similar show about. about that, a, it's an Italian show. It's about an Italian cop who shot a child and now works with a talking dog to stop uh, rapists in mm. Southern California. Yeah. I really want to see that show, but that has become such a part of the cinema snob identity that I can't. We, we can't. We, we, we have to put that off for a long time or we, something. We can do an episode, but yeah. It's, it's going to be well. Fine. We did our talking dog episode. Uh, next time. Mm. On canceled too soon. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, a show that Whitney really, really wanted us Th- to cover. This was a special request of mine. Yes. Yeah, we're going to we're going to alternate between audience requests, Whitney's request, my request, mm-hmm. and the requests of guests. We have a lot of guests uh, who are really want to come on the show and talk about their favorite shows that they who, thought were canceled too soon. Who doesn't want to talk about their favorite shows that were canceled too? So, soon? so a lot of people, a lot of podcasters, a lot of critics. We'll get to them eventually. Uh, but first off, it's your request, and it was it was uh, from 1997. We're going to be talking about perversions of science, uh, an anthology sci-fi series put out by the same team that did Tales from the Crypt. Uh, it lasted ten episodes, and I think a month and a half in, in toto before it was canceled unceremoniously. It did run on HBO. There's plenty of nudity, and every single episode is on YouTube. So you can watch the whole series. So you don't on have YouTube. a lot of excuses. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to catch up uh, before we do that episode, that will come out. The first couple episodes of the show are going to be bi-weekly, mm-hmm. uh, as we figure out how to best make this work. Our schedules and schedule some guests. Uh, so in two weeks we'll be back with perversions of science. Uh, we hope you will join us. In the meantime, you can always listen to the B Movies podcast, which is out every single week, oftentimes more than once a week, with movie news, movie reviews, uh, special exclusive interviews, in-depth mm-hmm. interviews with various filmmakers. Uh, and if, if, if you're listening to this, you probably already know about the B Movies podcast, though. I so. would hope so, but if you're not, you know this. If this is if this caught your eye independently, you listen to the B Movies podcast, and you can get more of our shenanigans and it's talking about and uh, boy movies. do we and boy do we shenanin. Yeah. Okay. And uh, oh, how do we? How do? Oh, how should we end this podcast? Because every episode of the B Movies podcast yeah, ends with, with, with we're uh, saying we're smarter than you in unison. Yeah, but I don't think we. Should, I think we should do something different this time. What if we say sit boo boo sit good dog? <laughs> Or is that copyright infringement? <laughs> How about this? This is canceled too soon. Signing off another broadcasting day. Yay. <laughs>